Welcome to the Wealth Done Differently Retirement Podcast. Danielle Howard, a certified financial planner, shares insight into the financial tools, techniques, and temperaments needed to make the most of your retirement dollars and relationships. Danielle bridges the gap between Wall Street and Main Street, bringing complex financial topics down to earth. Danielle will educate and inspire you as you define and refine your version of prosperity. Hello and welcome to Wealth Done Differently Retirement with Danielle Howard, a certified financial planner. Today we're going to be talking about the SECURE Act and how it may impact you. So the very first question is besides, good morning, Danielle, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I'll st- we'll start with that one. But the second question, mind you, is, Danielle, what is the SECURE Act? Well, it is legislation that is going through the process of being put into law. It is the SECURE Act. It's setting every community up for retirement enhancement. It's Hmm. Act 2019. It was created by the Ways and Means Committee. It has passed the House, uh, voted, you know, 417 to 3, so passed with flying colors. And it's now sitting on the, the Senate's desk. And we're looking at changes that could possibly go into effect December 31st of this year. Hmm. Oh, that that's moving quick then, possibly. Yes. Yeah. So we're 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 in we're in summer and we're focused on growth. And I think it's really important that as we're looking at our our mindsets around abundance and gratitude and intentional opportunities to grow, that we understand what is changing in public policy and how it will impact, you know, the decisions that we need to make in our own personal financial lives as it as it moves mm-hmm. forward, we're just kind of getting used to the the tax law changes that took place in 2018. People looked at their tax returns and gone, "Oh my goodness, this was this really worked well for me." Or maybe there's some things I need to change to have it enhance what stays in my pocket. And I think this this potentially has the opportunity to impact people both for the the positive and. We'll string this along for two podcasts and maybe even negatively as we'll address in our next mm. podcast. So, Danielle, what is the goal for today's podcast and as part one? We're going to glean some insight about this new season of life and how these tax laws and are, are going to impact you. But my goal with these podcasts is to dig into some financial technical pieces and delve into quality of life in this retirement season. And I want to make sure that people who are listening don't take any of this personally, literally. Mm. I think your financial and life situation is so unique that you should have an advisor get to know you really well before you make any decisions on what to do with uh, financial tools or how, you know, especially what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, weeks may impact you and impact what you've built up over your lifetime. So with that in mind, let's dive into what the SECURE Act is going to do for folks or has the potential to do for folks. All right, class is in session and I'm listening. Where do we start? (laughs) Well, we're going to start with our changing demographics. One of the things I really focus on is that, you know, retirement is changing and people are living longer. You know, there's a lot of of research that has been done 
around the pre preparedness for the traditional retirement. You know, that idea of, you know, okay, we're going to retire at 62 or at 65. And most people are inadequately prepared for that. Uh, April 2019, for a, a report from the Insured Retirement Institute says that more than four in 10 baby boomers uh, believe that Medicare is going to cover their long-term costs. And, you know, only 55% of boomers have any money saved for that season of life called retirement, which is really scary. Ouch. That's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, almost half of that of forty five percent do not have any retirement savings at, at all. So you know the, the the numbers out there are pretty scary. Six in ten boomers have taken no action with their workplace defined contribution plans. Or only twenty three percent of boomers age fifty six to sixty one expect to receive income from a private pension plan where they work. I don't like to really focus on on these statistics because it can put that element of the fear of God into you, mm -hmm. which if that's what it takes to motivate you to think about what do I need to save for my future, then so be it. But I also feel that, again, our traditional retirement is is changing and the, the whole way people are going to be taking money is changing and what they need in retirement is changing. And, and so, again, we could look at the traditional retirement out there or we can look at a, a new season of life called rewirement and what it means to have a, a positive mindset around this season and using your financial resources wisely as we head into that. You know, and that, again, is my choice to look at it a little bit differently. We know people are living longer. I call it that, you know, second adulthood. It isn't that, you know, five to seven years of collecting a social security check, sitting on the, the porch uh, and and <laughs> knitting or, or working in the garden. People are mm -hmm. active and we want to look at these statistics and say they can either scare you or empower you. So looking at the reality of what financial means you have to create your version of prosperity, I truly believe is going to open doors and uh, help you move into uh, this new season with zest and vigor. I think that personal awareness of you know, what's going on, whether it's in legislation or in your, your personal accounts, what's going on in tax environments. And, and again, with these policy rules and, and regulations will help you discern direction. Mm -hmm. There's a phrase, don't become a statistic. But here's the thing is if it, if a statistic says nine out of 10 people are going to pass away from a disease or cancer or heart failure or whatever, nobody wants to be part of that statistic. But the one out of 10 who die peacefully in their sleep at 100 years old or whatever, surrounded by family and success, that's also a statistic. We want to be part of positive things. But again, like you've said before, so much of the media, so much of the, the environment that we live in focuses on negative statistics. And I think that truly can be a positive tool if that negative st statistic makes you think, I don't want to be part of that one. I don't want to be part of the nine out of 10. I want to be part of the one out of 10. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Now, as we look at what is what is changing, uh, you know, we're seeing more Americans working into their 70s, whether it's mm -hmm. by by choice or necessity. And 
According to the U.S. Census Bureau, uh, over the past 20 years, it's raised to nearly 15% of Americans are now working into their 70s. And that's, it's in my mind, it's a, it's a good thing. It is the idea. It's not, you don't need to focus on whether you need the money or not, but you're staying engaged. And with research showing that, you know, whether it's quitting a career and how that leads to you know, isolation or, or loneliness, especially in, in men, and that many college-educated workers are choosing to stay in the labor force, to stay you know, engaged and have those social benefits. And so as we look at what's changing with this legislation, how can we take advantage of, of some of these pieces? Let's take a look at the first thing that is happening. They are looking at repealing the age for con- contributions to your IRA, whether it is a traditional or, or Roth. Right now, at age 70 and a half, you can no longer contribute, no matter if you're mm-hmm. you're working or not. And the maximum you can get into it is $7,000 if you're uh, over 50. And if you're under 50, you can get six grand a year into it. So, you know, most people, they hit that age 70 and a half and they're still working, but you can't put money into an IRA anymore. This is going to change. They're looking at repealing that age limitation. So if you're continuing to work, you can continue to contribute to that traditional IRA or Roth IRA, depending on uh, what your income levels are and what you're trying to accomplish tax-wise, both now and and down the road. So as long as you have W-2 income, you're going to be able to contribute You would also be able to contribute right now. You can contribute for a spousal, Mm -hmm. even if they don't have that earned income. Many people don't know that, that if your spouse isn't working, you can put money aside in an IRA for them. And that will that will increase, you know, again, that age repeal is going away. If you continue to work after age 70, you can continue to make your personal IRA contributions as well as spousal contributions, which is big. You know, if there's folks out there that, you know, want to continue to to build up that tax deferred bucket of money, whether it's in an employer sponsored plan or in their own, this is a, a, a great way to do it. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, that does definitely sounds like good news. Yes. <laughs> the hard thing is, if you haven't been a saver, turning 70 and a half is not going to change your 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 habits or your behavior. Yeah, true. You know, true. <laughs> so true. I think people need to address some of behavior issues and creating that intentional spending plan in order to be able to take advantage of the fact that you can contribute for a longer amount of time into your IRAs if, you know, if you're just getting the the ball rolling with that. Another piece that is going to be changing is that they are going to shift that required minimum distribution age. Right Mm -hmm. now, you've got that 70 and a half, and it's just a bizarre calculation. It's the April 15th following your 70 and a half birthday. A bit con, a bit convoluted. Well, that hits me really quick because my birthday is April twelfth, so I'm right there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's an immediate thing, isn't it? Oh Talk, wow! I, I got a few years to think about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think this could be either a win or a lose, depending on uh, you know a specific situation. And mm-hmm. today, next week, we're going to look at the downside of that. But today, let's look at the the win side. Is basically you you're going to have they're going to increase it to age seventy two. 
And there's two different, the Senate has a similar bill in the works. It's called the Retirement Enhancement Savings Act, known as RESA. So we're talking about secure or RESA. And they're looking mm-hmm. at uh, pushing back the required minimum distribution age to 75. But for the, oh. the, the SECURE Act, it's age 72. Got it. I mean, those are those are big differences. And if either one of them pass, that's a positive, right? Well, it, it, it can be. Today, we're going to look at the win. I think there's some considerations that you need to ba- make based on your situation and based on, you oh. know, what kind of tax environment we're in, uh, et cetera. But right now, to look at the positive is that you, with the SECURE Act, you could have an extra 18 months to contribute and get that tax-deferred growth. Is that going to make a huge difference in your retirement? retirement security or, or, uh, you know, extend the bucket of your IRA money a, a huge amount, not necessarily, but again, it, it gives you a little bit more, more time. And if we're in a summer growth season in the economy, it could give you that potential for some tax deferred growth. They're going gotcha. yeah, to, they're going to have to, flexibility. yeah, uh, you know, in Congress and the Senate, they're going to have to reconcile the two before any legislation is going to get sent yeah. to the, the president's desk. So which one of those yep. play out? will we'll continue to see that over our, our summer and fall this year. All right. What else? Uh, we're getting, we're going to see some changes with defined contribution plans. Those are your employer sponsored plans. Uh, your 401ks, 403bs, 457, Seth Simples, all of those. And that this is a, an area that, uh, you know, has been really an opportunity to create some, some change. And again, there's some positives. And as I'm looking at it, I, I think there's some a, a few downsides, which again, we're going to address next week. But to start out with, they're going to have... Your employer contribution plan give you some disclosures, and hmm. that is similar to what you get from Social Security on an annual basis. Once you hit that, you know you either have to request it from Social Security, or once you uh, hit full retirement age, you get a copy of it in the mail. Is that it? It shows you given what you have in this bucket, this is your anticipated amount that you could receive for over a lifetime. So it kind of creates an an annuitization picture of what you could Mm -hmm. expect to receive, which for many people would help them understand, you know, what their spending capacity is going to, you know, what are they going to have based on a certain, a certain age. I think one of the challenge with this is right now is going to be looking at the methodology that they're going to use for calculating that lifetime income. Mm -hmm. I know that that's still in the work and all of the disclosures and informations on assumptions are going to have to be provided, but I think it potentially could give people a a better insight as to what they could expect the same way that they're looking at their social security reports. Got it. All right. Uh, Participation. This is a interesting one because I think, you know, again, for many people, especially women, who maybe have not been in the workforce, you know, for a a long time or have been more in a part-time work situation where they've not qualified to participate in a employer-sponsored plan. This new legislation says that if you've worked at a company for at least three consecutive years 
and you work at least 500 hours a year that you that your employer is going to uh, allow you to participate in its defined contribution plan. And I think this, again, for, for folks that are moving into that fall season of life, they may not want to work or may not need to work full time. And they could work part time, still have access to be able to contribute to a, a qualified program with their employer and continue to build up that nest egg for down the road. Gotcha. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a fantastic thing. They are looking at permitting employers to auto escalate, which means just kind of increase their employee contributions. Right now, the, the maximum they that you can contribute to a plan is 10 percent. Uh, there and they're looking of, of your pay and they're looking at being able to increase that up to 15%. Again, an opportunity to kind of engage in and in, in, in boost up your employer-sponsored plan. Got it. Yeah, I, I think that any opportunity to save more, I think that's a positive thing, yeah? Sure, sure. <laughs> sure <we'll do> that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if it's done, yep. yeah, with intention. I love the idea that they're going to allow small employers to band together and participate in a retirement plan. You know, oh, nice. it, right now, according to the U.S. Small Business Administration, we have... 28.8 million small businesses in the United States, 99.7 of all businesses. You know, so many times we just think, oh, it's the, the Walmarts, the Facebooks, the, the Google, you know, that those are the major employers. And yes, Walmart employs more people than anywhere else. But the bulk of employers out there, 56.8 million employees are employed by small uh, businesses. And many times, you know, in order to, uh, there's this economies of scale, and that's what many times, you know, a chamber of commerce does, is come in and look at how to, to band small businesses together in order to get better deals on, on you know, in our in our valley, it's we get better deals on skiing if <laughs> we belong to the chamber. Uh, you know, so to bring together, you know, these employers and be able to sponsor a retirement plan and kind of maybe negate some of the costs. 401ks are, are really expensive and they're administrative heavy. You know, your simple plans are, they're simple. They're a lot less expensive, you know, and in determining what type of an employer sponsored plan is, is right for you is again, very different based on what you're trying to accomplish usually for the employer. But I think overall it's encouraging people to, to, to come up with new ways to, to save. And I think, you know, that overall is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. What else do we need to discuss about this? Let's see. There's going to be, there's a tax credit for uh, small employers to encourage that automatic enrollment uh, into mm. one of their retirement plans. So here's a, again, a benefit for a small employer to offset some of the, the cost of starting those, those plans, a tax credit of $500. And tax credits are always a good thing on a tax return. They, they definitely weigh heavier than your deductions because it definitely it offsets that what you're going to pay in taxes mm -hmm. di directly. I, I think, you know, again, that idea of, of how do we encourage saving uh, when we're looking at young people? You know, again, my focus is primarily on the, the pre-retirees, those within five years of retirement or heading into that fall season of life. And 
the earlier you start, the better. One of the things that will be changing is they've got penalty-free withdrawals from a employer-sponsored plan or your IRAs in the case of a birth or adoption. And I think the idea behind this one is to many times people don't save, younger people won't save because they don't know if they're going to have enough money to cover, you know, a, a birth or have enough money to see them through maternity leave. And mm -hmm. for them to be able to, you know, start saving early, knowing that right now they get penalize, you know, 10% if they pull money out of their traditional IRA or your, your Roth IRA or, or your employer-sponsored plan. And if they, mm -hmm. they remove that, then many people will, you know, again, use those vehicles as tax-deferred savings opportunities. Nice. Yeah. That, again, giving some flexibility, it sounds like. You know, that's what it's that's what it's all about. The more flexible we can be, the more options you have, the more you understand how any of these opportunities fit into your particular situation and can benefit you, I think is is good stuff. Uh, the next one is, you know, annuity opportunities, annuity options within employer sponsored plans. This one is something we're going to really dig into next week. But again, we're going to look at a uh, potential positive side of it. You know, <laughs> annuities are incredibly complex products and they're expensive. And the idea that they're, they're going to update the safe harbor provisions for plan sponsors to be able to select annuity providers in order to offer, you know, annuity plans inside of your 401ks. Right now, you know, uh, many, many companies stay away from them because they're, they're complex. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the new rules are going to ease up this liability concern for, for companies. And, you know, it's another opportunity to use a tool inside a retirement plan. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence as to whether this is a good one or a bad one. We'll, Play that out a little bit more. Yeah, sounds like we got a lot to discuss next. <laughs> next <month. laughs> it's a teaser. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Something that doesn't have to do with retirement plans, but it has been incorporated into this new legislation is changed to the 529 plan. And 529s are the, the tools that people use to save for your education, your future mm -hmm. education. And there were some changes made when we passed tax law that now allows people to use their 529 plans to up to $10,000 a year to uh, go to, you know, high school, private schools or secondary ed education, not just your, your college. And mm -hmm. now this the SECURE Act is going to allow families to take tax free uh, distributions for student loan repayment. This this could be an interesting way of of looking at your college funding to say, you know, all right, you may want to allow a child, again, not too sure, good or bad, but to take out loans initially. If you're in, if we're in a summer economic season and your accounts are still growing and you, you want to keep that tax shelter growth. So you take some loans during college, you get out of college, you don't occur any interest on those loans until you finish school. As soon as you're finished, you've been, you've been able to grow the 529 a little bit mm -hmm. more. 
then you can take out you know an aggregate lifetime limit of ten thousand dollars to make a repayment on on that loan. So there's some you know tactical strategies that you could use around those those five twenty nines to take advantage of you know depending on what kind of an economic season when we're we're in and what uh, life season you're in with those five twenty nine plans. Now, everything that you've discussed today so far has been really focusing on flexibility. It seems like they're trying to give people a little bit more flexibility, different ways to do things, better ways, possibly, maybe not so much better. And we'll talk about next time. But um, with all of these items, do you feel these policy changes will enhance or help people to see and make some changes in their behaviors? Like you spoke about earlier, how much people save for their future? Do do you think that's going to... kind of force people to do it or really open their eyes or no? Yeah, I've never seen legislation that really helps people change their behavior. (laughs) (laughs) I I truly think, you know, it can be a a motivator or a deterrent, but I, I think we have to look at our behavior in light of our vision for what true prosperity is in our own life. And then mm-hmm. take advantage of whatever new legislation or, or tax rules come down the line in order to take advantage of them and, and use them for our benefit. And, and this is where I you know, come back to the, the qualitative side of people looking at what is important about creating their version of prosperity, their unique idea of what true wealth is, especially in this season of life. You know, usually I, I would think that this, you know, legislation is going to help out people mostly who already have some good behavior and, and mm-hmm. you know, have built up some potential. And, you know, we're going to continue to to build on the win. So the sooner people can take a look at what they're, you know, where they're at in their long term goal planning in their, you know, trying to address their needs around liquidity and and lifestyle and longevity and and legacy and really know themselves then i think you know yes there's elements of of this legislation that could be really beneficial the same thing with with tax law changes you know you can work them in your favor if you don't just kind of acquiesce to the the status quo and you are you are proactive instead of reactive in understanding what's best for for your personal family situation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, my my goal is to plant some seeds to help people understand, you know, what is out there to encourage them to do some more homework, either learning about what's what's happening, uh, you know, whether it's this legislation, you you have folks that you know that you can write letters to your representatives, you can get engaged in ways, whether it's around Secure Act or REMA or you know what's going to be happening with Social Security changes or Medicare changes. I, I think people that, you know, again, it's that creating awareness of, of what is going on and how we need to be proactive in understanding how it's going to benefit us and how we need to use it to build on the wins. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Daniel, I know that we are running low on time for this podcast, and this is only part one, so I know we have got a lot for part two, but what do you have for closing thoughts for this podcast? 
Well, entice people to join us next time. Not all of the Secure Act is leaving me feeling really secure. And, and we're going to discuss the downside and some of the components that you really need to consider uh, as you look at planning for yourself and your family moving forward. Gotcha. It sounds like we're going to be possibly going from the Secure Act to the Not Sure Act. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> some, something like that for next podcast? Sure. All right. Yeah, we've got a lot to discuss, I'm sure. Danielle, and speaking of that, I mean, this is probably going to bring up a lot of questions in people's minds. So how do they reach out to you if they want to chit chat about this podcast or especially after the next one? I'm sure there'll be a few more phone calls, but how do they get a hold of you? Meeting with us face to face, you start by checking out the website, www.wealthbydesignnumber4letteru.com. This is where, you know, we can get to know you and your personal situation if you'd like to get to know me better and understand, read more of my blogs and podcasts and 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 just hear and get yourself educated, check out Danielle Howard, number four, letteru.com. You can download financial affirmations. We've got, we're working on a few other little uh, educational tidbits that should be up and, and coming real soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome, Eric. You have a great continuation of your summer events. I will, and I look forward to the next podcast. It'll be fun. All right. Thank you. thank you. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth Done Differently Retirement Podcast with Daniel Howard. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Daniel comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this one is a great one to start these discussions around the table. So thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Wealth Done Differently Retirement, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Done Differently Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wealth by Design, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Danielle Howard, Certified Financial Planner, is an investment advisor representative of Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Cambridge and Wealth by Design, LLC are not affiliated.